It is hard to put aside partisanship. It is hard to give up the easy, wise-cracking jeer that divides and destroys. It is hard, very hard, to have worked sincerely and wholeheartedly for a cause and to have lost. Most of all, it is hard to put aside personal prejudices. And yet, we must put these things aside. Stephen Vincent Benet Bending, Not Breaking, Episode 11, The Great Divide. And hello, we are back again for another episode of Bending, Not Breaking. I am Sunshine Mayfield. And we are talking about the episode 11, The Great Divide, through a lens of partisanship. And what's partisanship? Partisanship is when you are in favor of a particular cause, and uh, it can also like be known as like this is just a particular bias towards a certain thing. Based off of the cause that you believe yeah. in, or the side that you're, you're on. Yeah. Um, I gotta tell you, this episode, one of the most frustrating yeah, not, things to watch. I'm not gonna lie, these people grind my gears. Yeah, a little bit of grinding the gears that we'll, we'll kind of go through this episode, but I think partly because this one, more so than every one before it, which may, that's probably not true, but there's a very direct correlation to what we see today yep. in this episode. It's not so much of like, oh, we can kind of see these things in the way people behave. This is a very like mm-hmm. cut and dry, like... Very comparable to well, and it's not to just government either, or anything else. Right? Yeah, it's like it's not just politics that we see this. We also see this in r- arguments around religion and arguments about really just anything that's you know a tough subject, right? One that's tough to grapple with. Yeah, and we'll see in this episode how people respond when they can't use logic or reason when the bias almost takes over and. It's- and- what happens when those things take place. And I think it's debatable whether, like, do they have this, do they just not have the skills to do it? Or is it something where they're just, like, so blinded by their bias that they aren't willing to use the skills? Yeah, and that'll that'll absolutely be a question we come up with. Yep. But before we get more into the episode, yeah. and again, we, we've, we've said this at the very beginning, probably worth saying again, we are assuming you have seen at least the first season, if not the entire series. We, we try to hone back our spoilers of what takes place in seasons two and three but it definitely happens um yeah it we you might tackle it but we it's a good idea to at least have seen all of the first season as we move forward so if you haven't watch it it's a very quick watch you get the whole the whole thing runs probably as about a you know nine and a half hour run time um to get through the entire first season so do that um, and then listen to this, uh, and I'll appreciate everything that happens there. I think you'll, it, we won't spoil things for you as much. So, But, Ben, it is time for our Descending Word Count recap. Yeah. And it's episode 11, which means you have 10 words. It's getting more difficult. It is. 10 words to recap this episode. Are you ready? As ready as I'm going to be. Okay. On your mark. Get set. Go. Two opposing groups cross canyon. 
fight bugs, and eventually join. What are they joining? What do you I, mean they join? I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't say anymore. <laughs> All right, well, so that was 11 words. If you that, think, that was 10 words. 10 words, sorry. If you think you can do better, 10-word recap of the episode, The Great Divide. Join what? Tweet, tweeted us, at the Archive. Follow us on Instagram, at the Archive. Um, but that is a great place to, to give us your if feedback. If you watch the episode, you would know. Yeah. <laughs> and so, if you watch the episode, you can, you know what they're joining? Yeah. Well, you're running out of words. Yeah, it's hard. I, and I got even fewer words to work with next time, so, but I think I can do it. All right, let's talk about the Great Divide and, and through this lens of partisanship. Very first thing that happens is, is we see Sokka setting up camp, setting up yeah. a tent. Um, and Katara comes up and says, don't forget the tarp. And What if it rains? Yeah, Sokka says, you know, well, yeah, it's a great idea. You know, I want to make sure I unpack the tarp. And then she notices he's not putting it the rain tarp on top of the tent. Um, Sokka's been set up with his job to put up camp. Yep. Katara's job was to go get all the firewood things necessary for building. And she immediately questions how Sokka's doing his job because yeah. she doesn't agree with the use of how he's doing it. How do you think that she goes about giving him a crucial accountability conversation on her expectations of, of how camp is set up? Well, I, I, don't, I don't think she set up Sokka for success here because she assumed that he was going to do it her way. Right. Right? And so anytime we assume anything, there's going to be possibility that it's not going to go the way we expect. And generally what I'd say is anytime we have an expectation, that's when things can go wrong. <laughs> if you have a certain expectation of how it's going to go, you're already likely to you're be set up yourself up to not... Yeah. Which doesn't mean to not have expectations on things. It's just you have to be prepared that people won't meet those expectations when yeah, you do have them. Exactly. Um, well, and so she questions it and says, you're doing it wrong. And they've probably set up camp how many times by this point? Probably quite often. And so you would think that this would have come up at some point. But it might be you know the first day of the dry season or, or where they're at. Because he says it, it's the dry season and this tarp makes a really nice blanket. Let's use it for that. Um she says, what if it rains? He says, you know, what if it doesn't? And there's, you know, she questions how he does it. So he immediately throws back and says, well, well look at the job you're doing. With Those are pretty weak sticks. You know, that's not some good kindling. And so instead of, like, having a conversation more about solving on how they're going to do this, he just attacks the job that she was supposed well, to yeah. do. Well, yeah, well, you attack me, I'm going to attack you. Right. Um, so already we're seeing a divide in them, which... We'll get to, you know, how that plays out. And what it looks like is, it, for, for me, this is, like, creating more confirmation bias. And so, in terms of bias, right, and, like, part of the partisanship is what happens is we are so connected to the way that we want to do it that we're looking for confirmation that our way is better, right? Right. And we're also looking for uh, anything that comes along. So, what this does is it sets up sets us up, up as we meet the Ganjins and the Zhangs. Because what's going to happen is they're going to go off and split, and we're going to see that, and then all of a sudden everybody's doing it their way, and they're like, oh, wow, so this is a really good setup for that. Yeah, and so and the tent gets knocked over. It eventually gets kicked down, and then Aang shows up and as the mediator and says, hey, why don't you just switch, switch jobs? jobs? Okay. If, yeah, and then, you know, 
they begrudgingly do, and they're fine. Um, and so then we see uh, they get to this canyon. They talk about oh, how beautiful this canyon is. Sokka's like, yeah, great. We got to go. Let's do this. And we see this refugee run up. Well, I think you, we can't skip over that because I think, you know, Katara's like, oh, my God, this is beautiful. And this is another thing that puts a, is, increases the divide. It's another way. It's a deeper wedge, right? Like, a deep, exactly. It deepens the wedge. And so it's something where Sokka is like, I just don't care about this. And he's just moving forward. And Katara's like, how could you not care about this? It's beautiful. Right. <laughs> so, when he's like, we're on a mission. We got it's uh, this, And this is Sokka 101, right? Like, oh, yeah. You know, yeah, things are great, but we've got to do this. We've got to stay focused on this. Mm-hmm. We've got to go. So it's not very surprising that when he's just like, it's a it's a canyon. Like, I don't care. Like, it, yeah, let's go. Yeah. Um, Which then also leads to more disappointment in him when he feel, finds out that he's going to have to walk through it as opposed to flying over it later. Correct. But this refugee runs up, and from the very get-go... I have a buy like I do not like this refugee as he runs up because he sits there. Well, and, tell me why. Well, because he immediately runs up and says, "I was here first. How dare you, like, try to s- steal the guide from me?" When like Katara and Sokka are, like have no idea what the guide is, but so we can already talk about his personal bias as this refugee, and we notice why he starts to have this later. But he is so distressed and has been sent on this job to go get the guide for his group that. He immediately thinks this is uh, these other people are going to steal it from him. That's his immediate go-to. Well, well, he's assuming the worst. Right. Right. The story he's telling himself is, these people are here to to take the guy from me. Which is exactly what he's there to do. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, and so from the get-go, and then Sokka's behind him just kind of like making like hand-mouthing moments, like mocking him a little bit. And so... Um, it's just one of those things where you don't like him from the get-go. Yep. Um, and then this other tribe of refugees starts to walk up. Everyone, Both of them have had their towns destroyed um, by... Uh, both of them had their towns destroyed by the Fire Nation. And so we see this um, tribe come up and this guy kind of sits there and says, Oh, that's not my tribe. Those are those, those thieves. Um... The Zhangs, and, and they're, they're, how dare you think that they're a part of my tribe? My tribe is better. Um, his tribe shows up, and so we get introduced to these two feuding tribes. Yeah, you're old, you're messy, you're this, you're that. Just How do the insults help? Well, and, So that, honestly, one of the most frustrating things to me is that you get this... De- we talked about it last time during the Jet episode. You get this dehumanizing language... That is used because when we use that against another person, it allows us to strip away some of their humanity, which in turn makes us feel less bad about treating them poorly. But it does confirm our thought process and almost gives us an excuse to our behavior. Right. Oh, right. it's okay for me to treat them like garbage. Because they're they thieves. are. Like, they're thieves and garbage, so I can treat them that way. Yeah. Um... They're pompous and well, stuck up. I can treat them that well, way. Well, and that's why I, th- I think that, like, one of the, the lessons that hopefully we'll pull from this is, is just partisanship is dangerous. Yeah. And we'll see that, too. Like, th- throughout the episode, at least, and maybe it's my own con- confirmation bias in this. Sure. Um, but nothing is solved by partisanship. And genuinely, nothing's even really solved by compromise. Like, it's not like, uh, towards the end of it, it's not this, like, 
we'll do it half my way, half your way. It's not we'll agree to disagree. And it's not we'll agree to disagree. It's at some point someone shows up and says, we're going to do it this way because this is what is best for all of us. And by the way, both of y'all, wrong. Like, both of y'all, wrong. We're going to come up with a solution that works for, for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not going to be this like 50-50 split compromise. It's going to be like, no, both of you had the wrong answers. Like, we're going to move forward with this. And so even, but... So, I, this really calls to me, I'm going to make a plug for a really cool book, y'all. So, one of the things that I really want to call attention to is the question of like, what is their goal here? Like, why do they immediately jump into attacking? Right? What's the point? What's the goal? Mm-hmm. And I honestly believe that they don't have a goal in mind. Right? Like, what is their goal by doing this? It's because we have to uh, be better. Other than, like, that's really their only thing. We have to prove we're better than this group of people. Yes. Because like, like, I don't see any other reason for them to go into this arguing fit. Right? And so, it, is it that if we're better, we're going to get chosen to cross the canyon? Is that, like, is that what it is? Like, I just, moral of the story is, let's identify their goal. Both of them want to cross this canyon, right? That's the goal. That should be the goal. That should be the goal. Right. Right? What is the easiest way for them to cross the canyon? For them, like, to both quickly cross is for them to join together. Yep. Right? Now, if they truly didn't like each other, and that was just something that, like, they are culturally ingrained incompatible yeah right even still what is their goal like they should be able to be like we're gonna be quiet we're not gonna we don't i don't need to speak to you and raise these insults i just need to get across across as fast as i can to make sure that we are safe right and so one of the things that i really love is the this book called crucial accountability right and so it's really awesome. You can get it on Amazon. Super cool. Um, but one of the things they talk about in this book is identifying, like, what do you really want from this conversation? Right? Because right now it doesn't seem like they're achieving what they really want. They're just making it harder for everyone. Yeah. And you see that frustration in Aang from the get-go. Yeah. Hey, let, let, can we figure out a solution? Why don't we cross together? Absolutely not. I would never cross with this this thieving garbage. I would never cross with this pompous fool and like and Ang immediately just, you know, you fool. slams down the throws a little wind blast in between everybody and says like, "Here's what we're doing. We're going to cross together and we're going to be cool with it because that is clearly the easiest answer for this to be the solution." So the guide pops up, and the guide gives a warning, and he says... No food. Hey, no food. There's things that we gotta eat now. Eat enough to get you through the day, but, like, we you gotta dump it. Because if we eat, if we don't, then we're gonna be in serious trouble with, with creatures that are in this canyon that will be attracted to it. Well, and they say, well, I just... What about food? And he's like, well, would you rather be hungry or dead? Yeah, like, <laughs> here are your options. Um, Which, and as a guide, like, pretty, like... Very matter of fact, like, yeah, it's here are the boundaries, here are my expectations, right? He set up the expectations. Um, you know, don't, don't, you can't bring food in here. And as an experienced person who has credibility in leading this path, you should trust me in this. Um, don't bring food, it could be hurtful. Okay, so we've got this, this set, and then the tour guide starts walking him down. We get introduced to airbending or uh, to earthbending. He's moving rocks from falling on the, the people. He's telling fun stories, like a fun guide, like Clearly almost to the important point important for their safety. Yes, absolutely. But it's also like it's 
I wonder if the rock slide was like a show. as a show, similar to like going to like when you do a like a haunted tour where they're like, oh, and this was you know the cabinet of so and so, and then they got some mechanism in there that like makes it shake make it shake bit. a little bit so that it like yeah. is fun, but like people know it's fake, but like it adds a little bit like a fun thing to it, and so I wonder if because he sits there and he's like. Oh, the mountains need sacrifices so that the spirits... Oh, no! Rocks! And, like, you wonder if he, like, kind of snapped his fingers or did, like, a little, like, foot pivot that, like, he knew he could make these rocks, like... Or he sets it up on the way back when he's, like, pulling people around. Because um, he laughs it off and... Um, yeah. But then he throws he throws a rock to, to break the path behind them and yep. that way the Fire Nation can't come into the canyon. At this moment, dust settles and we see... This massive canyon crawler. And as soon as something goes wrong, they start blaming the other. Oh, absolutely. Right? As soon as something goes wrong. So the canyon, you know, Aang throws the canyon crawler. It it rose away. Our earthbending guide has arms broken now. Because he's arms. Yeah, because he's been shucked. Which, again, I mentioned this when when we were watching it, is that he didn't land on his arms. Like, he, like, cradles and, like, so, like, he, like, hits his left shoulder but then apparently both his arms severely broken. Granted, like, he was thrown. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I just... It, minuscule, and I don't think he's faking or anything. It's just like, when he got thrown, I was like, I don't think he would have broken his arms there. But I'm not a doctor. What are your thoughts? Um, so, immediately we see them start blaming each other. Oh, yeah. You brought food in here. How dare you? You, you brought, brought food. food. Yeah, and like lo this... and behold, the jerks... All brought food. Well, and and so, not jerks. Oh my god, I did it again. Dehumanizing language, yeah. right? It's that but simple. I hate but, that. <laughs> but like very much well, both in So because they're fighting, Aang says, here's the solution again. We can work together, but you're gonna go down this path to the right, you're gonna go down this path to the left. Sokka Katara, you split up with them, and I will walk the middle path to kind of keep watch over everyone. Yeah, so I wrote down like, was this a good idea? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, maybe not, but at the time, I think that that's, like, out of frustration and a need to move forward without, like, taking too much time in the canyon and being stuck together, I think that it was, like, the call that needed to be made. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Maybe it was the good idea for the situation, but, like, ultimately, like, splitting them is not going to solve anything. Right. It's just going to make the current situation easier. Well, and I think this goes back to your question, what's the goal? Yeah. Is the goal to solve their problems right now? Fair. Or is their goal to get across the canyon without dying? Fair. Um, All right. I got you. <laughs> so I think Aang is sitting in this place like, our goal is to get across this canyon. I've tried to work with them a little bit, and clearly they're not nudging, and so we're just going to move. Yep. Um, and so they set up camp for the night. As they're setting up the tents, Sokka gets confirmed by his crew, because he's with the uh, he's with the uh, the Zhang tribe, and... He's like, you're not going to use your rain tarps? And they're like, it's the dry season. Plus, they make a great blanket. And he's like, it does make a great blanket. Yeah. Katara's with the Ganjins. They're like, always good to be prepared and use the rain tarps, even in the dry season. And she's like, absolutely. And so we get yeah. this moment where they both feel this connection, right? They uh, Yes. There's a similarity between their thought process. And they are close to each other in proximity. And so when they both share their stories of why they hate each other, which are very similar stories but have slight variances in the way that they're told to benefit why they're right, it is very easy for Sokka and Katara to get on board and be like, yeah, that totally makes sense. And I, 
one of the things that I like I wrote down about this section was I'm, I'm name dropping another book, y'all. It's called Click. And this book is talking about like how do you click with people. And there are two things that directly come from that that allow us to kind of vibe with how Katara is clicking with her tribe and how Sokka is clicking with his. Right. And so one is it's not the quality of the similarities that you have with a group or a person. It's the number of similarities. Right. And they're racking up similarities. Right. They're racking them up again and again and again. And through multiple ways, Katara's like, oh my god, you too? Oh my god, you too? Oh my god. And it's all of a sudden, they're just like bonding through the number of similarities mm-hmm. that they have. And this proximity, right? Being I, close to each other. I'm with but, this group, yeah. so, you know. Well, and one of the things that I love about um, Brene Brown's work is she talks about it's hard to hate people close up. Right. Right? If you're next to someone and having to go on a, on a tribe, like on a walk with them, like it's going to be tough to hate them. Because you're going to get to know them. Right. You're going to learn their story and you're going to learn about them. And so this is what we're seeing here is once you enmesh yourself in this group, you start to realize what they're all about. Mm-hmm. Right? And it allows you to think critically about what's going on. Now, I don't think Katara's is doing that quite yet, but I, I do think that if that is something we're interested in and we're learning how to, how do we drive and affect partisanship, it's... When we disagree, we don't fight back and, like, we dive in. We get closer. Right. We have to get proximate to the problem. Right? Right. Which is a huge uh, saying when it comes to, like, equity and anything like that. So you have to get proximate to the problem. Because what you would love to see happen is when Katara gets told the story and when Saki gets told the story, they'd be like, oh, tell me, like, how do you know? Yeah, tell me more. Tell me more. Like, how do you know that this is what, how that happened? Like, how do you know that this was the thought process of Wei Jin or Jin Wei? Like, are we just, like, assuming based off of of what's going on? Um, Because the way that it's really easy to take the story of someone... You know, he stole the orb versus he gave me the orb to take it back to his people. Um, Not, I got caught stealing the orb by his people, right? Very simple, and the only people who know how that went on were the two people involved. Well, another thing that I think is worth talking about is, like, one of the things that kind of brings Katara in is... Oh, you brought food? And then, well, we had to do it because the... You know, Ganjins or the Jangs or the they did it, and we just had we we couldn't let them have food and not feed our people. Right, and then the Jangs come back and say like they probably think that we did it anyway, so they brought in food, so we might as well bring in food too. Yeah, well, and I think it's really interesting because I think Katara was a little bit out of character here, and I think that's because she was so in like she was so enmeshed in this bias that it drove her to be out of character. And what I mean by that is she's like, oh, I, I guess it's okay if everyone's doing it, right? Very much out of a thing that we know is not true. That's and something like, Katara doesn't do. Right. At least very often. No. Right? And I think it's because she was in this situation where she was put into a place where she had to kind of be outside of her values. But that felt... Oh, she was able to excuse it because of the story that was being told. Or is it also a little bit of fear that like I'm in proximity with these people and I disagree. That if I disagree vocally that like... Or how are they going to treat me? Yeah, I don't know. I, I wonder if the more we click with people, the more opportunity there is for us to get enmeshed in the bias that is there. Right. Right. And I think that's what happens, especially as we see them come out of this situation and Katara and Sokka like encounter each other. Right. I think they become enmeshed in the story that they're hearing, and so I think 
it's, yes, we need to get proximate to the problem, but we always need to stay in our right mind and think critically around the information that we're hearing. Right. Right. Which they did not do. I would agree. Um, we get to, they, so they all eat food, so we all know that they're both Ooh. at fault. I also think it's funny because when with the um, Zhangs with Sokka, uh, are like, you must think we're horrible for having food. And Sokka's like, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, sure do. And he will let me explain. I think it's really interesting because, like, that was so in character for Sokka. Yeah. Right? And I just think, I just, that was interesting for me. Well, so they get out, and this is, the interaction between Sokka and Katara makes me really upset. Mainly, Katara's reaction to this, because she is a compassionate and caring person. Yeah, um, as a general rule. And... You know, he was wrongfully, you know, Sokka comes out and says, wait, Jen was wrongfully accused, uh, you know, and he was wrongfully imprisoned. And her immediate response was, not long enough. Like, yeah, she was harsh and wanted more like, oh, he deserved to be in prison for, for much longer than he was. And it was such a, like a weird out of character moment for yeah. her. Um, but even in that, like, so, and we get to this point where now... More Canyon, uh, the groups are calling each other names again, and we're getting the same thing that we've gotten all episode of them just like more dehumanizing language over and well, over and again. I, I think it also goes to like tells us a little bit about like what it means to live in a culture like that. Like she was in there for a night, yeah, right? She was in that culture for a night, and what that led to was her g- getting to that point. So what that tells me is that... If you're growing up in that culture... Exactly. If you are growing up in that culture, like, how are you... How do you get out, right? Like, how are you able to question yourself and get to the point... Like, the leadership of these tribes are leading these arguments. Right. It's not like the whole tribes are having this argument. It is like the leadership. These two leaders are having this argument. Right. Right? It's clear that everybody else agrees with their leader, but it's one of those things where, like, if I were a member and I were growing up and sucked into this narrative... How would I know? How would I know that I need to get out? When we also get into this really dangerous situation, which is speaking in absolutes, yes. and they do it all the time. Absolutely. And so it's you're either this way or you're this way. There's no in between. You either um, all Ganjins are stuck up, stuck up, and, and pompous. All Jangs are trashy slobs. And you start speaking in these absolute measures, which is there's no way that's possibly true. Like it's just not. There's Correct. that's not a thing. You know, there's not one way that every person of a certain race or tribe or or well, origin or religion, it's just like you can't speak in absolutes like that. I think like a that. good example of that is like harsh words won't solve anything. Action will. And then they go in to start fighting each other. Yeah. And so like there are so many other options. Yeah, there you chose so the one action that was not okay. <laughs> like, you know? so, like how about nice words as an option, right? There's There are so many other options to solve this problem. And it's like I, I think that and I think Aang said that. Right. Right? Even he got caught up in like, no, 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 no. We have to, they have to do something. And then the story, because of the story that they're meshed in, we have to like, we have to be very careful about providing like these like false dichotomies and false binaries. Right. right? It's one of that we have to be able to say, this, here are a few options that I see. Do you see any others? Yes. Right? And so that just doesn't happen. It's not just one or the other. Correct. There has to be, um, there has to be more. And so you get this conversation. They start fighting. Aang, again, another wind blast to separate them, knocks all of their food out. And so now Aang is furious because he's sitting there. Both of you 
are putting us at danger. Both, and your intent behind it is irrelevant. Yep. Your intent of what you were trying to do does not matter. It just breaks down. You are awful. And calls everybody awful. Right. You're both awful. And then he's like, oh. He realizes he's hungry, which, yeah. you know, I, I from this moment, I just was kind of like, it, it's a thrown in moment that I think is meant to be. Relief. Relief and, and funny and and to break the tension. And here's what. But, here's, I, but I think that's an excellent metaphor, too, though. That people, we do that. Yes. And we shouldn't. So, like, that's what frustrates me in that episode is they throw it in this, this way of breaking the discomfort, which we do as people all the time. So we get this moment of Aang seeing this pie and being like, oh, my stomach's rumbling. And is that is that custard in there? And, like, it's supposed to – and his eyes get real big anime. Like, the animation style changes and it's supposed to be this, like, oh, cute and, like, funny moment. And what that was really doing was here's an uncomfortable moment where the viewer probably feels uncomfortable because of what's going on. Mm -hmm. And instead of diving deeper and leaning into it and talking about that discomfort, attention breaker that like helps us forget and makes us feel better. Well, it was getting dark and we turned on the light. Right. Right. Um, And we have to be able to sit in that for longer. Yeah. Which we don't do as people. If, If you and the person are having an argument, it's so easy to sit there and say, well, let's just agree to disagree and like, don't you like baseball? And like, let's go get ice cream. Right? Like, that's not exactly how those things break down. And that's like, that is absolutely like a... Uh, hyperbolized version of that, but we do it all the time. Here's a joke. Here's a little quip that like I'm going to throw in. But the biggest one you see is, well, let's just agree to disagree because yeah. it's getting uncomfortable well, right now, and a, I don't want to talk about it more. There's another book. It's called Switch by Chip and Dan Heath. We've got so many books this well, episode. They're really good. But he talks about this is how to deal with change, and what they talk about in this is how like willpower is finite, right? And so at some point, like if making decisions leads you to like, if you start making decisions that are difficult for you and, like, ah, I just, I have to use my willpower on this, but I'm going to do it, right? You start to lose willpower in other situations. Mm-hmm. And the example given was, like, here is a chocolate bowl of chocolate chip cookies. You can't have one. Don't eat it. And then they do a math test, right? The ones who are able to have a chocolate chip cookie went twice as long on the math test and got more answers correct than the ones who could not have a cookie, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, literally, our willpower is finite. Right. Like, it is, it recovers, but it is finite from day to day. Right. And so what I think is this this is showing us is that Aang has just spent all night not eating, holding himself back, trying to do good, right? He talks about with, with Momo that he wants to eat these lychee nuts. He, like, he goes through and he has this conversation with the old man and, like, they are, like, it's, it's hard being the person who's in the middle, Right. To stand your ground and be alone in the midst of this turmoil. Mm -hmm. But you know what you're doing is right. Right? And so I think what we're seeing is uh, the metaphor extending to the point where he is getting to the point where he can't handle it anymore. Right. And you see a bit of that breaking. He says, y'all are awful. The food's everywhere. Canyon crawlers show up. Yep. And we see that they they are not being able to throw away this these canyon crawlers. There's too many of them. They can't do anything. Aang's battling them, and nothing's happening. Um, and you're still getting people blaming each other for for all of this going on. Yep. They finally Aang figures out that he can use food bags as a muzzle. Um, well, I think there's a moment between Katara and Sokka. That as soon as the fight breaks out, they realize they need Katara's to get together. like, listen, I don't even care about this feud. I just want to get out alive. Yep, that's exactly what I'm talking about, right? They they clarified their goals. 
we're on the same team. Let's just forget this. Yeah. This goals clarification allowed them to work together quicker. Yep. Just saying. And so they and they so they're able to work together, but we still get this moment of what finally solves this. And it's not partisanship. They don't come together as two different parties and say these are my like this is what we believe in. This is what we believe they in. They start like, working together on a common goal. Right. Well, and so Aang just sits there and says like, look, it took a role model to leader like we didn't think about this. This has nothing to do with your argument. We're doing this to get out of here. Yep. And that's exactly what they do. Well, in the, in the time of need, you see them all working together. Right. Right? And it's just like, it took that that crucible of this, the flame, to get to the point where they are able to finally merge. Right? So, it was interesting. And it took leadership and role model. Like, people are going to follow and look to... The leaders in place, correct. Whether that's a church, a country, an organization, a small group, it doesn't like it doesn't matter. You're correct. gonna look to the leaders in place to say what is the best. Like I am unsure of how to handle this. Absolutely. How am I gonna do it? And so, depending on who's role modeling that, it's it's gonna dictate what the outcome is. Absolutely. And we almost got to kindness, but we didn't. <laughs> no, right. So they everyone gets out. They say like. Hey, like, I never knew I, you I all never, could be so helpful yeah, in a pinch. You know, I, yeah, you're super resourceful, blah, blah, blah. Too bad y'all are terrible individuals. Or too bad y'all like, are like... oh, so close. Well, and, so you, and you get this moment where they start, and then Aang tells the story of like, Oh, wait, Jin Wei? Wei Jin? Oh, yeah, they were babies. This orb that y'all talking about was just a ball. They were playing a game. Like, it was cool. Well, I think it's interesting because, like, I, while I was watching this, I forgot that it was a lie. Right. And so I was like, when did Aang hear this story? How did he know all these details? Like, is this proof that he wasn't telling a lie? And like, like the game, this game, who calls a game redemption? Let's be real. Right. And then, and then I was like, oh, it's a total lie. Well, <laughs> and that fixes everything, right? Then they're cool because they've, they've, they've got this new story in their mm-hmm. head. My question to you is... Uh, good or bad? Aang uh, just lied about this, and is it is it good thing. or bad? I wrote, is it okay or not okay? Yeah, and um, I, I think that it, like it it worked. It solved the problem, and it may not solve it forever. It may not solve, but you know, it might lead to well, them getting worse later. Right, right. Um, so ultimately, I don't know that that was the best solution. I think that it sends a message that you know. That's a pretty significant lie. It's not just like a white lie. It's like a pretty significant white lie. Right. Well, and so I'm on the not okay side on this. Yeah, I and I'm, I'm pretty. Well. I'm pretty like you took a golden opportunity to teach empathy, to teach like empathy and, and storytelling and like understanding all of these things and biases. And what could have as easily been the conversation is, look, I don't care what happened a hundred years ago. How in the world does that dictate the behavior of, like, now and why we can't change it or why we can't treat people, like, compassionately? Mm-hmm. Like, what happened with Wei Jin and Jin Wei doesn't matter. And, it, like, it has no structural confines to the way that, like, these things... All it, it affected is the, the views that you have on each other, and we can start fixing that right now. But that, like making up a story about why they fought like is irrelevant and I, I think they missed an opportunity to sit there and say you know let's talk about this so we can avoid these in the future so you can start looking and understanding and having an awareness of like this is a story I'm telling myself yeah it's uh, the concept of teaching a man to fish or like 
giving a man a fish, right? And, yeah. and Aang gave the fish, but the next time more stories ar- arise, they are not any better equipped to handle it than they were the first time around. So I was, I'm not stoked with Aang's decision here. Well, I agree. I like, I agree. I think that you're right, and I, I do not condone this lie. I do think there was a better way that would have been more long-term and ultimately would have helped them grow more as people. Mm-hmm. That being said, I like the what happened was they quote learned to res- they respected each other's differences, mm-hmm. right? And so they agreed to put it behind them and they became one tribe. Right. And I think that They were able to arrive there much like so. Integrity is doing what is right over what is fun, fast, or easy. Mm-hmm. Right? This was an easy choice. Yep. So I, I don't think that this is again. I don't think it was the right choice, but I do think for this group of people in this moment, it was a helpful choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just because if the goal in this moment is to finally like get them to. Be kind and compassionate. I, this was not the long-lasting change that you would want to see to make that happen. So here's my problem. Like, I, uh, that's the whole episode, right? So I think we got through everything. Yeah, there's one thing I want to go back to, and it's just uh, when they were initially arguing about who gets to go across the canyon first and, like, what, what happens, you get the argument of, like, well, my people are sick and my people are elderly and, like... Well, so are mine. And, and all this stuff. And I, I think it is very important to clarify that, like, suffering is not comparable that's so right fair. and so yeah. like you get this moment of like my people are sick well my people are old and weary like trying to quantify which group suffering is worse is not helpful um and it doesn't necessarily affect the way that that you know people are feeling that grief or that suffering um i think about it all the time where it's like you know someone's you know someone's dog dies yeah. And you're like, well, you know, you can't really talk about that because someone's grandma died and like that's that hurts more. Whoa. And you know, and so like you like I think that you can't you can't quantify those types of things in the way that that feels to that individual I'm, and so like suffering it just just highlighting suffering is not comparable. Sure, I agree with you on like the the emotional side of that. I do think that the physical infirmities are comparable. Like somebody is closer to death than other. Right? Sure. I think that, and that's why the medical realm they they have to do that. They have to, yes. they have to prioritize and say this is more important in this moment, right? And so I, I don't think that's what they're doing. But you did say the sick, and so I do think that some people might be more sick than others, right? And closer to a potential early death. And I do think that is comparable. But I I agree with you that I don't think like oh this grief and this grief you can't compare because it's their individual story, right? Um, so I thought that that was worth highlighting because it, it's a very small moment, but I think that that's, you see that happen all the time, right? Like, sure. um, from an emotional standpoint, oh, I've gone through this thing Well, you can't talk about that because someone's gone through this thing and that's worse. Um, versus like, and there's a little bit of fairness in that depending on the context, but I just, suffering is not comparable when it comes to the way that people feel those emotions. Um, so, yes, that is the episode. What? Yeah, so I think for me, one of the things that I struggled with on this is because, is that um, I think it's hard not to take sides, right? Sometimes, in this situation, is weird because 
I don't really agree with either side. I think there's another option. Right. Right? But I do think that I, I generally agree... Because it's not absolutes. There's no binaries. Correct. It's not yeah. one or the other. And so I think generally I agree in situations like this that it's there doesn't need to be partisanship. However, sometimes I think we do need to take sides. And I think that when we don't choose sides, I think sometimes we are supporting an oppressor. Yeah, you can't be neutral inside when like neutral is not an option on on certain issues like that. I, like you, you, I agree. Like I just yeah. Well, and arguably, like being middle of the road, like Aang is not neutral and not acting right. So like, there's a difference between like trying to play, like be neutral, but he's still acting to yeah. move the group forward versus. Oh, I'm just not going to say anything and sit back because I'm uncomfortable and don't want to make anyone mad. Yeah, that's not okay. Like, he Aang didn't do that. No, I agree. Yeah. So and so I, I, I'm just struggling with this idea. Is like I, the partisanship is, I, and I have to go back to the definition. It's like it's it's bias towards your particular cause, and I think, I don't think that's okay. Right. I do think it is important that we think critically and make a logical. Um, empathetic, compassionate choice about a side that we do need to take. Yeah. You see someone getting bullied, you need to stand up and say something. And if you don't... Then you're supporting the bully. Correct. Yes. And I, and I think that's a small example, but I think in terms of, like, these big things that are surrounding us around, like, politics, religion, etc., I think that when we say... I don't want to vote in this election because I, you know, I don't want to support either side. N- no. You are supporting whomever is the you're supporting the oppressor in this moment, and mm-hmm. it's not always a, an oppressor, right? But you are supporting those who are not marginalized in that moment, right? Right, and I think that we must make decisions and take action to one get out of any particular bias that might be in our lens. We need to take action to do that. And I also think we need to make critical choices around who we can support and when we can support and things like that. Well, if you look at this, uh, we talked a little bit about how ingrained you are with the bias if you're living in it for your entire yes. your life. You have to actively make choices to sit there and say, I'm going to go see something that is not what I'm living in. Yes. I have to go experience a training that might be something that I completely disagree with. And he, and and just to participate and to and yeah. to learn, or read a um, book, or read a book by, yes. yeah, by an like author there's... that you normally wouldn't read, or um, and you know I get this when it's I'm I'm on Twitter all the time, and I actively have to not try to like block or unfollow if it is not like a, a personal attack to me or affecting my own mental health, then like. I am very adamant about Facebook when people post articles that I might disagree with to not block them and like shut them out because I need to have an understanding of where they're coming from. Granted, if it's posed in a great way, like if it's dehumanizing language and and name calling, like those things aren't, that's not what it is. But if it's just someone saying, hey, here's my beliefs and here's an article, like I need to not block them if I believe that that article is just like, I really think we need to welcome that. Right. Let's read it and think critically about these things. Yeah. Um, But you don't see that. You see a lot of people saying, like, you know, Fox News is a liar, so I'm never going to read a Fox News article. CNN's a liar, so I'm never going to read a CNN article. Versus, let's read these articles and have conversations about it and critically think about 
why that might be a story that the writer of the article is telling themselves. Is that based on fact or is that uh, an assumption that they're trying to paint or well, whatever else I think else what might makes be. this difficult is that it is it requires work. It's not something we can do just passively. We can't just be like, and now I understand. <laughs> it's it's not as simple as just listening and understanding. You have to do research. You have to understand. Like you really have to dive in and learn and like we have to better ourselves in order to get to this. Yep, it takes work. It takes it, 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 it takes an effort. Yes, and I think that that's something that in our day and age we aren't willing to do. Yeah, frankly. So big takeaways from this episode are you know it takes work. It takes work. You got to put in effort. You got to challenge the stories that you tell yourself. Um, you have to be willing to put yourself in situations and not ingrain yourself in the same people all the time. And I think one of the tells for people listening, especially for, for me, maybe not for everybody, but for me, anytime I feel certain about something, that's a cue to me that I need to be questioning that. Right? If you're like, this is an absolute fact, like this is, but this is 100% absolute without a doubt. I think that's where it becomes dangerous yeah. because I need to question that when I'm in my absolutes. Yeah. And so that's if, if you're experiencing that, I highly encourage you to just think about that for a minute, uh, maybe even longer. <laughs> yeah. And to just question it and like let curiosity be okay. You yeah. do not have to be certain. Absolutely. Well, we are going to take a, a short break and then we will be right back talking about partisanship through the lens of the fire element. It's a fire element week, and so we'll talk about our big takeaways from from how we are going to try to better ourselves uh, in, the, in the world around us through partisanship and fire uh, when we return. Welcome back. It is our time to go through partisanship, looking at the fire lens. Ben, can you give uh, the audience a reminder of what qualities really play into a fire element when it comes to personalities? Yeah, so I think fire is just the reminder that, like, be bold. And fire can sometimes burn if it's too hot, but it also is really important to keep people warm. I think. There's a, there's a fine line between what is too much fire and not enough. Uh, sometimes when it gets to be out of control, it leads to wildfires. Sometimes when it's uh, nice, calm, and quiet, burning embers, they can last for a long time. Um, it can be the light. It can show the way. Yeah, yeah absolutely. There's a lot, of, a lot of cool stuff to do with fire. So when it comes to partisanship, I think for me, one of the things, and we, we already kind of talked about it, is making sure that the, the difference between kind of Confidence, which is, is considered really a fire trait, um, but then that can also turn into to cockiness. And so that certainty and, and absoluteness that comes with being cocky on things, I want to really make sure that I'm putting that into check. Um, and as I go into this week, uh, what are the things that I feel like I'm certain of and how do I really balance those and learn more and dive deeper into those feelings to, to understand um, that I'm probably not as certain or, or know as much as I think I do on, on those types of things. Yeah, I think one of the cool things about fire, especially fire bending in this 
uh, series is that you can also heat yourself from within. Um, and I think that's kind of the angle I'm going to take with this in terms of partisanship. I, th I think that I am going to challenge myself to continually grow and check myself in regards to whether I'm in a bias or not. And I need to continue to learn and uh, be more curious about who I am. And I think that's really just instilling this warmth that firebending would, would give me if I were to do that. So that's kind of the way I'm going to go with it. I, I want to learn more so that I can check my biases and check the, the areas in which I do have a sense of partisanship that I can check and see if I can get out of it. And that's work. That's that's not like that's that you got to work to do those things. And so we've got a, a work filled week ahead of us. Um, but thank you all so much for listening. What are you, what are you going to do with this? What are you send us an email at the of e at gmail dot com. Um, Find us on Twitter. Give us a story. What are you going to do when it comes to to bettering yourself in the community around you um, as you're moving forward this week? What did this episode mean to you? What does this series mean to you? Send us, you know, stories about how this has kind of affected your life, and we would love to be able to read those um, in future episode episodes. recaps as well. Your descending word recaps. Yeah. I'm totally interested in hearing that. Tweet those well. at us. So remember, follow us at, at the Arc of E on Instagram and on Twitter, uh, or write to us uh, at thearcofe at gmail.com. Uh, any final thoughts for today? You know, I think that I'm all fired up for next week's episode. All right. Next week is a an air week. That's right. Um, we're going to be tackling episode 12, The Storm. Through, through a lens of empathy. Empathy. And so that'll be a really important episode. We hope you join us for it. I'm Sunshine Mayfield. I'm Ben Pruitt. And this has been Bending Not Breaking. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.